My birthday is 05 May. May. 24. Happy early birthday. Oh, uh, thanks. Uh, 973. 1973. Okay. okay, so that adds up to 2002, if you want to check my math. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It adds up to 2002. So you always will reduce the numbers till they get to 21 or below. So for you, it's easy. It's two plus zero plus zero plus two is four. Okay. Is there okay, a special so, way that you added the numbers together? Well, the five, know, two, like, four, one, nine, like, seven, three. I just add them like, you know, you're in grade school and learning how to add. Uh, so you would do like that. five plus two plus four plus one plus nine plus seven plus three. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So for you, it, it, it's four. And in, in the world of tarot, that is the emperor. Okay. So if people don't know tarot, I, I'm going to go a little beyond. So I'm sorry, but. Oh, don't be sorry. No, okay. just as long as we explain ourselves. Okay. We're going to explain this. So you look at, you look at um, what other major arcana card mathematically reduces to four. In your case, it's the death card. 13 equals four. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your life as kind of this, uh, this river and the emperor your emperor is on one side, the death card's on the other side, and you spend your life kind of floating back and forth between destruction and control. <laughs> okay, so destruction. Hello, friends. Welcome to the eighth house of astrology, ruler of occult, magic, mystery, and truth. Join me, Sarah, a developing psychic medium with a scientific mind, and my good friend Eliza, a tarotist and thanatologist, as we explore through the lens of the tarot, the healing hidden within the deepest and sometimes the darkest corners of the human experience. I feel like all of us drawn to this work have some kind of magical bloodline. And mm, it may be yeah. blood bloodline, or it may be past life bloodline. I just don't feel that we're plopped here and like out of the blue, we decide, oh, right. I'm interested in healing. I'm interested in death and dying. I just, I think that we have magical bloodlines. And so a grimoire traditionally was um, kind of a, where witches would keep track of spells and stuff like that. But it's also in the book interchangeable with a, a book of shadows, which is here's where you write down your the exercises, the tarot cards you draw, the the bird you hear singing, and it tells you a story. It's just a place to keep all your stuff. So there's some introductory chapters. Then it goes January through December, and it and I write about twelve different types of magical inheritances and I don't expect anybody is going to have all 12 of them but you're going to find one or two that is like oh yeah I know I know how to do that I know how to do that candle magic mm -hmm. thing. I know how to talk to land spirits 
So uh, that's what Ancestral Grimoire is about. It definitely is about the ancestors because that that is my life's work. So that's that's the lane I stay in. Um, and I found, here's one thing I found is that if you go back a generation or two, people do things that you and I would consider magic and, and they don't. Mm-hmm. And like they, they were innate, just practical living back then. <laughs> they innately knew, oh, okay, if I pick this plant and mix it with this thing and drink it, then I'm going to be okay. I mean, that is magic that they just inherently know how to do something like that. Do you think that's instinct, like an animal nature that we just have forgotten through the, through the millennia? I think it's partially that, but I also believe those magical abilities. I believe the bloodline. I truly believe they're encoded in our DNA. I truly believe that. And, you know, if you do DNA today, you're going to find out you're 20% Irish or 40% whatever. I think I say, I don't think science has caught up with me. I think in 10 years, we're going to find that encoded in our DNA are all kinds of things we didn't imagine. That could be encoded in our DNA. Yeah. yeah. Like it's beyond the science we conceive of right now. We know right now, but you know, Let's say, I don't know if you have siblings, but yes. Okay. So I'm looking my younger brother and I, and we live on opposite sides of the country. He's in Florida. I'm in California and we get together and we both say the same. We have like the weird little things that we say or the gestures we make. Right. My sister and I couldn't have not seen each other in a decade and we pick up Pictionary and we're on the same team, we could draw a, like a segment of a line. Oh, got it. You know, like it's yeah, just that. Exactly. Yeah. And I just think science hasn't gone far enough to understand how all the things encoded in DNA. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. And this book is kind of based on, this is my premise. You know, I, and I do say in the book, Please trust me enough to to stay these couple hundred pages with me and let's see if you think I'm crazy or if you say, oh, yeah, okay, maybe that's true. So that's really great to the um, the 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 book. um, But first, I do have a question about your profession as far as um, you were a professional genealogist. Yeah, I, I started, I started, n- no joke, when I was eight years old, I, it, because both my grandmothers told these amazing family stories. So I grew up hearing a lot about the past, like my, grand, I just want to get this right, my grandmother's grandfather was in the Civil War, and she said, yeah, he was shot in the knee. I, at eight years old, wrote the National Archives to see if I could get his records because I, I wanted to see yeah. telling me the truth. But yeah, I love genealogy research. And, and I just said this yesterday, the more you know about the past, uh, uh, your past, your family, you realize you're actually just learning about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're the end result 
of all those people who lived and yeah. died. So that I know, could, I think uh, it's just not, it has not, writing about it is, is more, I, I am a born writer. That's where I want to be. But um, I could do mediumship. I just choose not to. Yeah. So when I, yeah, that was another thing I felt in common with you is that um, I'm just, I'm just reminded of my mom's question to each of her daughters when we were very young, as soon as we were verbal, she asked each of us where we were before we came here, Yeah, which I don't know what made me forget to ask my kids that, but they are now fascinated, especially my son. He's very psychic. He was like, Oh my God, why didn't you ask me that? That was so cool. But, um, so our answers were so befitting of each of our personalities. I said that I was, I was in the back of B, my, my other grandmother that I talked about before, I was in the back of her closet. (laughs) So that kind of tells you how connected I feel to um, my ancestors and my family line. Um, And my then middle, because I have to finish the story, the middle sister said she was in Mexico. Now she's a jet setter. She goes everywhere all the time. Never had kids. Um, she's a museum art curator, art director. Um, and the third sister who is a dancer and originally loved water so much. She, um, she's also a cancer rising. She, um, said she was swimming. Oh, wow. And so she asked this when you all all were probably like two. Yeah. Okay. in the back of that closet. Wow. So back to the Appalachia people. Um, my, so the people who were like buried back there consisted of, you know, like, I think there was one from the flu pandemic, um, or the Spanish flu, uh, and one that died of strep throat because that was before antibiotics. Um, she actually, her name was Annie. And I tell you, Emma, who was the aunt who raised my grandmother on the mom's mom's side, she, and then Annie from my mom's dad's side, uh, both came loud and clear through when I did the activities. So, and it was a great way to connect with my mom, you know, because she has a lot of depth with the stuff. Um, there's, there's so many like vision, like, uh, physical features, characteristics that we were able to go. I, I just feel like she's looking right. Like she is me. Like, it's just really weird it's so cool though yeah it, it really is and I, I have one of those things where I get stressed out about keeping things writing things and for some reason I didn't save all my scribbled work and that was partly because I felt like it was limiting um, and that I might want to do it at different times and if I felt like I was going back to refer to what came up then, then it would 
get in my mind and I wouldn't be open to whatever the next. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in the, as a photographer, like, as you know, things change in an instant. So I know I'm thinking of your beautiful woodland pictures (laughs) Um, and you know, this, I mean, the forest, the woods, they change. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the light. The light does. It is totally the light. So um, as a photographer, you know, you know, the quality of light changes yeah. so quickly and you can tell the season by the quality of the light. I've, I've always told time by it. Like I never understood how people can't just go, oh, like look outside for a second and go, oh, it's this time. So now see, your magic is very connected to me, to nature. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, so back to the story though, my, my, um, my mom's father, uh, was, I think one of two children of probably eight children that survived. Um, and he became just, he was very precocious, very, 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 uh, brainy and bookish. And with them being like, country people they they almost it was like he was just some alien who came was like a scientist you know and he excelled at academia he was he went into chemistry and organic chemistry he was a in fact there is a natural or there's a he was also um uh amateur uh just the word for it, geologist. Oh. I was so stuck on genealogist. I was like, what is that word? Um, but he discovered a quartz on Kings Mountain, uh, which is fairly nearby. And he, he uh, it got it named after him. Branakite. The name is Branick. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I love You can that. look it up. It's real. It's really a legacy thing. It's, I love it. Yeah. So speaking of nature, that made me like, I, so, so to tell so okay. So sorry, I get so like caught up in every little detail. So he, um, was recruited to work on the Manhattan project to develop the atom bomb. Okay. And my mom was telling me today just how eerie it was because he died at 48 when she was pregnant with me, her first child because of horrible instant pancreatic cancer that happened like soon after he worked on that. And all of those people passed from cancers, um, from working with radiation. So, um, she said it was so heartbreaking and eerie to read his letters. She's like, I mean, he's like William's age. That's my son, 20, 20 and writing home and saying, I don't, I, they're, they're being very kind, but I have this gut feeling something is so wrong. And I feel so bad being a part of this. Uh, Like they weren't being transparent. Of course it was top secret and just the pain and the guilt that he put himself through. Um, And even before he had an untimely death, he was killing himself with alcoholism. 
Um, and I, I'm sure that was in part from the guilt. Just, I, I, I'm sure it was. Yeah. So my mom had, I'd never thought about this. I had originally thought about my mom and I both lost someone important and dear to us when we were pregnant. And so we've always had this question, like, does that imbue that child with some special connection to crossing over, um, or make them connected to that person? Because I feel like I have, I never met him outside of the womb, but I have all these naturalist qualities that I know he had, I can play music by ear like he can. Um, and, and then my son shares things with my dear friend who died when I was pregnant with him. So it's just, it's, it has brought to mind some weird <laughs> thoughts I, about I, that. And I think there are those connections remain. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I, and you know, I never, I never knew either of my grandfathers, and yet one of my grandfathers was one of the main people who came through when I was writing this book, and he was the one I just felt so drawn to tap into. Yeah. Because he died within a month of me turning one years old, so I never really knew him. So I think we do keep those connections. So definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I guess that would be called, um, well, I don't know. Um, don't really have a word for that, but I have heard the term intergenerational trauma where yeah. you do talk about that in the book where things can cross from generation to generation. And then my mom brings up the guilt. I guess that's similar, but I had never heard or thought about the term inner generational guilt she said so I feel like that's a part of me like that I carry and, that too and I would wonder I would wonder if and maybe your mom's right but I would wonder if rather than guilt is 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 there a, a I want to say this right is there some kind of connection that's obsessive about something because if he drank over guilt he found a way to use some other substance to deal with it. So I'm wondering intergenerational trauma, it could be guilt, but is there also, I'm going to do all, I'm going to do all this stuff. So I don't have to have that guilt anymore. I mean, it's just something to think about. Cause I don't know the, obviously I don't know the answer. Yeah. And I, I don't know that that's the complete reason for his taking out the bottle, but well, um... and, and who knows? I mean, cause we, you didn't know him. Right. Right. I only know that my mother sort of romanticizes him. I was going to say, your mother sees him through a certain lens. Yeah. So her mother, um, on the other hand, and the reason why I said that he was sort of the protective figure, he, um, sort of ducked out in the relationship versus the mom was the go-getter and that just she was very abusive because of her past she um and mostly took it out on my mom the eldest who then had to protect the yeah. other sisters and they don't remember it they don't see her 
in the same way that my mom did. So it's almost like my mom was afraid of her, didn't want to say something wrong and where the other sisters didn't have that. And your mom in a way was protecting. Yeah. Others. Yep. Yep. She's always been a mother. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wow. And so there's a lot of that in my reasoning for the eighth house um, because of that moon and that shared those dark secrets. And um, so it's just somewhere I felt compelled to go to heal it. Um, Wait, perfect choice. You made a perfect choice. I don't know what I'm doing, but I like that you call it. Uh, I, I sometimes get fascinated and I look back on the astrology chart that my hippie parents, you know, had <laughs> made for me when I was little. And there is, I mean, this was before all the fancy software and everything. And someone just wrote this up and said that uh, about my life's work, I would be working with um, death. I mean, it's just a little like spells it out for me. So it was weird when I had experienced several personal losses, had seen that friend as a ghost um, and just felt like, okay, what I want to learn about this. And then I went into looking up, what is it called? What is the study of dying? Like, cause I wanted to know everything I could find out and the afterlife and um. So when I did that, I, I said, I think I remember seeing that in my chart right up. And so I looked back and I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> so, yeah, it is very fulfilling and peaceful. And I feel like the reasons I was given such painful experiences um, was to know that it like in a weird way to face it and be reassured by it so that I could be that for others. I totally agree. <laughs> do we get so, to your mom's question? Do we do your mom's oh, question? So the question was, well, kind of. Um, I think I um well to finish, I didn't finish saying that. So her um mother um told me in her 90s that the aunt who raised her was on her deathbed and told her. I was your mother. I had you. Really? And that was, that always, so the one that's coming up that I know is aunt Emma, cause that's what she was referred to. And that's what she still called her. Cause she told her that on her deathbed. <laughs> um, that's no, just one of those questions I need to go back and go. No, like, she, I need to pull some she, cards. Aunt Emma is saying she was your grandmother. She gave birth to her. She's not just her aunt. She actually was the one who gave birth to her. And I don't know if they were, the sisters were covering something up to protect one of them. And that was why they did it that way. That would not surprise me in the least. Wouldn't surprise me at all because I think in that era, going back, it would have been less dangerous for one mm-hmm. person to say they were right. the mother than the other person. Especially for the one who's already in the abusive relationship. Right. Um, 
just go ahead and take that kid in. Then she ends up moving with her aunt, Emma, (laughs) you know, who is actually her mother. I don't know. It's just weird. Um, Cause she looks a lot more like the one who was supposedly her mother. Um, And who knows, she could have said it just to leave her with this hope or something, because there was a lot more love there and maybe something she knew she wanted to hear her whole life. And she finally told her that. I, this is just intuitive. I, I feel like she was the mom. I do too. It's hard to wrap my head around because of the pictures and the knowledge and the family narrative, but, um, so that is another thing that like, so my sister, my grandmother, right before she died, her that, that I'm talking about B is her name. And, um, and then on the other side of my family, my uncle, I barely know my dad's people. Um, those three people. So with my sister kind of being the me representing me, I've never done a DNA test. So we have my grandmother's on my mom's side, my uncle on my dad's side, his brother and my sister kind of in between. I, I'm fascinated to know, like there are similarities in the genetics, but then there are disparities. And I'm wondering like, like if I took the DNA test, I could be completely different or have more of something than well, and, and you would because yeah, it's just weird. That's I mean, you would because siblings are never going to have exactly the same DNA yeah. or portions of DNA. It's crazy that we we we. I think we had all hoped that we would see more of exactly like who was her father, what ethnicity was he like, um. And it wasn't very clear. <laughs> it was know, very Germanic and European. It, and it, But if you, you know, if you go to take DNA at someplace like ancestry.com, because they have, they have the biggest database of DNA. That's where we did it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you keep checking back on your matches. Oh, that's, okay. That's okay. exactly how we found my mom's father is oh, okay. like, here's this person that shows they're our uncle. And it's like, who the, it's that, who is this person? Yeah. And so it was digging through that, that we could find that, that link. She was a tattooed lady and she would ride standing, dancing barefoot on a horse in the ring. So, and then she turns into this refined woman. And, And so it just all, I'm like, okay, so there's that, that part of me, there's my grandmother who literally flies and thinks she's can't be beat by anything. I think I relate to that. Cause it's like, just keep running and no one can catch you. Your fears, your worries, your bullies, you know, <laughs> just, just, just run. What, what kind of bird would she be? Um, she and I both loved seagulls, uh, or she loved seagulls, but also, um, as so we used to talk about that um we would say i think it would be cool to be a seagull because then you can be you know at the ocean and be a bird like yeah what better life you know 
<laughs> but she loved the sandpipers. She she loved the beach. She was her cremains were passed at the beach. And my mom said it was that gets back to her question. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But she was um just just loved them, period. Hawks, um, birds of prey, crows. Uh and then when she passed, surprisingly, or surprised my mom, she was like, I'm going to be a vulture. Like oh, she wow. said it. So she told my mom she was going to be a vulture. Um, and I don't think there's been a lot of sightings, whereas my dad, I mean, her dad was a hawk. There was no question. Like everyone was seeing the hawk and they felt his presence. And um, so I think bees was a little more unclear, um, but she just, she could be any bird, any bird. She was shapeshifter, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, the crazy thing about rooster owl was that with the, now that you know about uh, my grandfather and the, and the Manhattan project. So Al keeps, Al keeps picking out the Hiroshima book that I have on my bookshelf. Really? Oh, wow. It's like, I'm like, that's like a message from your dad. Yeah. From my, from her dad. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, is he him? Is he <laughs> like, what is going on? No, I think he's just saying I'm here. I'm around. Yeah. Yeah. I care about, I mean, I, I probably need to just pick it out and just read it cover to cover and read it to him because he keeps telling me to read it. So that's amazing. Yeah. So her question was why it seemed to her when she was on the beach and scattered the ashes. And she said a deer, uh, a hawk, I forget what other animals, but it was just like the beings just congregated and were there for the, the service service. She was there with her sisters and that was it. When you know the hawk, because I do live in the West and I'm much closer to Native American legend where I live. You know, the hawk is the messenger. He brings the message and the doe is, is the gentle love. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I think she's clearly around and wanted, wanted you all or whomever to know I'm okay. Yeah. I'm here and I, and I will bring you messages through birds. Yeah. I think the the other thing is that just, you know, she had divorced their father, but I think she also, she was, she, she was probably coming as the hawk representing him. And then the doe was probably the energy of their father. And just, she was saying, yes, but everything's at peace. You guys are protected. And yeah, I agree. so with rooster Al, he, um, the thing that fascinates me is if, if my mom's dad, my grandfather is a hawk in spirit, um, that's of course, little one pound bantam rooster owls nemesis. I mean, yes, he absolutely. had a brush with death with the hawk. And, and to me, that's like, so Sarah, my podcast partner did a reading with Al and 
she kept seeing that he was seeing, she's like, he's like really high. I feel like he was a hawk. I was like, what? So connected with that knowledge. I'm like, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. My God. Uh, Anyway, I I love the whole bird thing because I do love birds and I pay attention to where they are and Mm -hmm. how they're talking and Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I totally get that. I, I think it. it's so cool that they are one thing that stays constant as the world changes. Like if you notice in film or whatever, like um, they're in the background of any outdoor scene and they're saying the same stuff. They're I just know. totally agree. Yeah. And we, we, where I live, we do not have ravens, we have crows. And yeah, crows, same here. Yeah. So working with what I have here would be upstate New York and the Appalachia, um, which I feel very connected to. Um, so my, I guess my final question was like, I, it's so important to me to be laid to rest someplace like that. And my mom and I just talked about the cemetery behind her grandmother's inn. Um, it's so old. There's no, you can't be buried there. And we're just like, ah, that stinks. You know, (laughs) like, how do we do that? Maybe you can't be buried there officially. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, so that was really like my whole other, like, you you know, know, how how to. No, I get that. There is a cemetery that my ancestors started in the Midwest, early 1800s. I'm related to almost everybody there, and I, I I want I don't want to be buried there, but I want a tombstone there. I want so. Can you get a tombstone in that really old cemetery? Can you well, mark that you were here and mm, that your heart yeah. is here? I like that. I like that a lot. Um, maybe so. I'll look into it. Okay. Well, it was just a delight and maybe oh, I um, love talking to you. I love, we have so, so much my thing fun. with like, I know, I think my thing with photography is that I have synesthesia where my senses are kind of interconnected. And so I think that what I've always been doing with photography is like, there are some spirits or some energy that I'm trying to convey visually that I, I can't really express it visually, but somehow I think that they're still coming like, yeah. So when I see it, I, I see it, but I don't know, you know, I hope that others can feel something from it. It's, it's just really subjective. Well, the energy of your photography is really extraordinary. I appreciate so that. It, you're capturing, you're not just capturing a beautiful photo, you're capturing the energy of the place and the thing. Yeah. I think I'm really, really connected to place. So, um, that really intrigues me because I, I, I'm not a native of America, but I think maybe it comes from way back Druid Druidism or something from the Celts. Or, or it could be another life that you were a native here. Yeah. Yeah. So if we do this again, I hope we do. Uh, you know, I use tarot and a pendulum to find those things out. So yeah, we could do like a hands-on. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. 
All right. Well, yeah. Um, we can, we can do that. We'll plan for that. Well, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, well, that's not, not going to be anywhere as fun as this. Oh, this has been <laughs> it's been fascinating. I know. I I loved it. I I listened to everything, and I was like, "There's so much more. There's so much more." I could, yeah, I couldn't even imagine where to start or how to end. Or <laughs> well, again, again, let's we'll talk we'll again. Do it again. I don't care okay. if it's ten months from now or a year. It's okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Maybe after I get the, um, the grimoire and have more questions. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. If I said that right. <laughs> grimoire. It's like W O H R is war. Grimoire. War. War. W-H-W-H-R is kind of the pronunciation. Grimoire. Okay. Grimoire. Okay. Thank you. And All right. Good job.